0: Welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we will be talking all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Juett, and welcome. Uh, this is going to be a podcast for anybody who's interested in a short recap of the films. Say you've watched all the films in the past. But you don't want to rewatch them before Endgame, but you kind of want to be refreshed. This is going to be the podcast for you. We're going to be doing like a 10 minute recap of all the movies, talking about them, reviewing them, rating them. Um, If you haven't seen all the movies and you were just coming here to get some info before Endgame, this is a good place for you as well. But I definitely recommend in the future to watch them all because these movies are really great. It's a really fun universe. And that's why I'm making this podcast. Uh, this is episode One, meaning I'll be doing the recap on Iron Man, which is the first movie in the m c u Helping me today is Rihanna Manuel. How are you doing today I'm good, I'm good. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, it's the first one. You get to talk to me about it. It's gonna be great uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah, so um, I am big big Marvel fan. I did not grow up reading the comics, so all I know about the paper world of the MCU is just from Googling Wikipedia and asking people who know more than me. But I've seen each of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies multiple times. I have the collector's editions of both Phase 1 and Phase 2, I have lore book stuff. All kinds of paraphernalia, and a big, huge nerd about it. So, uh, I'm really honored that she asked me to to discuss this first movie, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to looking at Iron Man again. It was fun rewatching it.
0: Yeah, and it's especially great because it is the first one. It introduces us to the MCU, and it started up so much. And rewatching the film was really interesting because, like we talked about before, um, how I thought. When I was watching, I was like, oh, they didn't set up for the MCU. They just made Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and they were just like rolling with it. But then you rewatch it and you see all these cool little things that play into all the other films and set up. So it was really cool getting into that and seeing everything play out. So, yeah, Uh, we're going to do a recap. I like to keep the recaps. Under 10 minutes. Or at least around 10 minutes. This is the first episode. I might screw up. It's okay. It's <laughs> going to happen. So, yeah. And Rihanna, if you hear me, screw something up. Or let's say I forgot something and you want to chime in. Just do so. It's going to be fine. Um. So, yeah. Let's start with the recap. Okay. So, the movie starts. We get Tony. He's in an army truck in Afghanistan with three o- other soldiers escorting him. It blows up. His own weapons blow up in front of him. It causes him to, like, bleed all over his chest. He wakes up kidnapped. And then we get a flashback to 36 hours ago. There's a gala for him, and they introduce him as a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. But most importantly, he is CEO of Stark Industries. Um, He doesn't come up to get his award um, because he's out gambling. And Obadiah, who is Jeff Bridges, and I might intertwine them. Like, I might refer to him as Jeff Bridges or Obadiah because when I see this character, I'm just like... It's just Jeff Bridges. It's fine. So, yeah, Jeff Bridges accepts the award for him. Um, A reporter stops Tony on his way out of the casino, criticizes him about weaponizing the world, and then they end up sleeping together. The next day, we meet Pepper Potts, um, and she gets the reporter a taxi. He heads out on a plane to Afghanistan. He meets Rhodey, who is played by Terrence Howard in this film, um, which is his only film in the Marvel Universe. They do replace him, which we will find out in Iron Man 2. We find out he is in Afghanistan for a weapons presentation to show off the new missile system, the Jericho. And so that's why he was there. And that happened 36 hours ago. So we pan back to now. He's kidnapped. He's in this cave. He wakes up to discover an electromagnet and a car battery hooked up in the middle of his chest to live. Uh, The man in there with him saved his life. He's helping him while he's in the cave. Uh, They want him to build another missile like the Jericho. And as he's talking to them, he notices they already have a ton of his weapons. So instead of building the weapon, he builds his miniaturized arc generator chest piece that we know of today. They start to work on a big suit to escape until the big baddie, like I'm going to call him the big baddie because I don't know his name. It's a big baddie kiddapper uh, comes in and tells them that they have until tomorrow to finish the missile. So Tony gets all sweaty. He finishes up the iron suit. Uh, they come for him. He kicks ass. He's looking like the iron giant. His suit shoots him into the desert. He escapes. Rhodey finds him. So now back to normal. Tony's back home. Uh, He calls for a press conference and Jeff Bridges greets him and starts the conference. And then Agent Coulson shows up. This is his first scene. Um, We're going to see Agent Coulson throughout phase one of the Marvel movies. So remember him. He shows up and approaches Pepper Potts about S.H.I.E.L.D. Stark admits to being a part of a system that isn't held accountable and effective immediately. He's shutting down the arms building. Him and... Obadiah argue about the arc reactor and shutting down the program, and uh, Obadiah wants him to lay low while he handles things. So back at Tony's place, he calls in Pepper to help, like remove his old arc generator and this wire from his chest. He kind of goes into cardiac arrest. She puts a new plate in. They like laugh and flirt with each other. There's like really good chemistry between between these two. And they tell her, he tells her to trash the old generator. So Tony shows up to the Air Force and he wants to tell Rhodey what he's working on. A.K.A. Iron Man. um, But Rhodey kind of dismisses him and says that he needs to get his mind right from being held hostage for three months. Uh, So he goes home. He starts building this new suit, testing out the jets until um, Obadiah shows up and says that the board wants to kick him off, claiming that he has PTSD. So now uh, Tony's really salty about it. But he continues to work on the suit. Uh, He finishes it. He goes for a test run up into the air. He's really good at it, um, but he gets way too high up in the atmosphere and it's too cold for his suit and it shuts down midair. He falls from the sky, tumbling towards the ground until his suit finally powers back right before hitting the ground. It's a really cool scene. It's like the first Iron Man scene. So it's like really cool. It's fun. He flies home. He finds a box from Pepper that has his first generator in it as a gift and says, Proof that Tony Stark has a heart. So, back in Afghanistan, the kidnappers have placed together his first suit from when he escaped. Uh, Tony finds out that they're having another gala, and, but nobody wants him to attend, so he shows up in style and changes his, his suit to like the red and gold that we know of today. Um, he shows up to the event, not in a suit. He shocks Obadiah, who clearly didn't want him there. Um, we get our first Stan Lee cameo, which is really cool. He is Hugh Hefner at the party. So that scene's really funny. Got the ladies around him. Um, Agent Coulson with S.H.I.E.L.D. is there. He meets with Tony. He wants to debrief him and set up a date. And then Tony listens but like ignores him. Goes off to dance with Pepper because she's looking real nice. Again, they're having some great chemistry. They go outside to talk. But she's pretty like embarrassed that she's dancing with her boss. There's something there but she doesn't want people talking they kiss he goes to get her a drink but at the bar the reporter from the beginning of the movie meets him calls him out some more on his weapons dealing and accountability and then she shows him pictures of some devastation and farmers and civilians like being driven from their homes and killed by his weapons he says he didn't do this he confronts jeff bridges on selling the weapons to murderers and jeff can i keep i I don't know why I keep going back between Jeff and Obadiah, and I'm sorry. It's just, it's Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges confesses he's the one who decided to kick him off the board, and he's trying to protect this company. So there's tension now. So Tony puts on the suit, and he goes for the men who kidnapped him who are responsible for these, like, murders and devastations. He wants to finally be a hero for other people and hold himself accountable for the projects his own company funded. Iron Man shows up just in time to save this family from being kicked out of their homes. Uh, he takes out the kidnappers that took him in the first place he finds the main guy leaves him alone with all the civilians to do what they want with him and he goes to fly away he gets shot down from the sky with a tank which he shoots with like one teeny missile and it blows up there's like a huge explosion walk away scene with music you know very classic very nice um the air force sees all this heat um and everybody's like where is this coming from what's going on so Rody calls tony um accuses him of using an unmanned aerial vehicle as his bogey, um, and he's gonna blow it up. And Tony tries to speed off away from the jets. He almost gets blown up, and then he finally says, It's me. I'm the bogey. Don't shoot me. Um, so he's on the jets. They try to shake him off. Basically, the jet loses the wing, and the pilot tries to escape. His parachute doesn't work. Tony flies down, saves him. Superhero moment again. Um, and then Pepper catches Tony trying to get out of the suit with all the bullet holes in them. So now, Pepper and Rhodey both know that he's Iron Man and nobody else does. Until we pan to Afghanistan, where, surprise, Jeff Bridges is meeting with the kidnapper's leader and they show him the original iron suit. So now he has an idea that Tony is Iron Man. The leader says that he will give him the OG suit in return for an army of iron soldiers. Jeff Bridges uses ARC technology to deafen the leader and make his ears bleed and has his men take out the rest of the group. And on the way home, he's like, I need a prototype of the suit and the arc Reactor ASAP. Back at home, Tony tells Pepper that he's trying to save the civilians and take back his weapons. She quits, which she does a lot. (laughs) She quits because she doesn't want to stand by and watch him kill himself. And he says he knows in his heart what's right, and he has to do this. So she stays. Um, She gets on the company computer and downloads all the files for Tony to find out what Obadiah has been doing. But she finds the evidence that he paid the kidnappers to take him and to create more weapons. And right at this discovery, Obadiah walks in on her, almost catches her. He talks to Pepper about how Tony left a part of himself in that cave, and Tony doesn't know how lucky he is to have her. She bounces out, and he sees that she downloaded something, and he goes after her. On her way out, though, she sees Agent Coulson and runs away with him. So now Coulson's involved. Um, Obadiah hassles the scientist to work harder on his ARC technology. Tony's at home. And Obadiah sneaks up on him and paralyzes him with the same, like, deafening system. He's stuck on this couch. Uh, Tony's sitting there motionless. Obadiah tells him that he put the hit on him and he takes the arc generator out of his chest and says, just because you have an idea, you think it belongs to you? Uh, He says the arc generator will create weapons for years to come and that he shouldn't have involved Pepper because he doesn't want to kill her. So he leaves, Tony comes to, he can't walk, he's struggling to make it anywhere without his arc generator, so he crawls to the plaque that Pepper made him of his original piece and uses that to survive. Obadiah puts the arc reactor in his own iron suit, which is way bigger than Tony's. Rhodey shows up looking for Tony, picks him up off the ground, gets him on his feet with the suit, and then as Tony flies away, uh, he looks at another suit and he says, next time, baby. So it's like a call to war machine. We'll we'll see that eventually. So now Pepper, Coulson, and some more agents show up to Obadiah's place to arrest him. Um, but then he comes out, surprises them. He's got a huge suit. He's going after Pepper. Tony sweeps in, and it starts this big fight with Obadiah, aka Jeff Bridges. He's basically kicking the shit out of Tony. He's like saying how he built this company from the ground up, and he won't let Tony steal it from him. Tony flies up into the air, even though he only has 13% power left, hoping that Obadiah chases him. Um, He goes up and they're fighting. Obadiah says, my suit is grander than yours in every way. And Tony says, well, how did you solve the icing problem? And then immediately Obadiah freezes up, falls to the ground. And Tony makes it down. He's just got a smidge of power left. We think everything's good, but of course, Obadiah comes back, and he's trying to smush Tony inside of his suit. Tony can't do it alone, and he tells Pepper to go in and override the reactor to take down the roof. Pepper's trying to plead with Tony to like wait till it gets off. He doesn't, so she takes out the roof with the arc reactor. Tony flies out, but Obadiah does get electrocuted, and he dies. Next day, Rhodey has to do a briefing on the Stark Industry Incidents. Coulson um, gives Tony an alibi to say he was on his yacht during the attack. Pepper thanks Coulson for his help. Um, He says that she should be hearing from S.H.I.E.L.D. very soon. So Tony goes out to make his statement in front of the press, but instead he says, I am Iron Man. And that is Iron Man 1. Uh, We do get an end credit scene where Tony walks into his apartment. He meets Nick Fury, who says he's now part of a bigger universe than just him, and he needs to talk to him about the Avengers initiative. And that's that. So, that's Iron Man. What do we think about it, Rihanna? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I
1: haven't looked back at Iron Man One for quite some time. Uh, recently, a bunch of friends and I did a rewatch leading up to uh, Infinity War, and in that experience, you know, I had a chance to see each movie yet again. But Iron Man One kind of fell to the back of my mind. I haven't really looked at all of the details in the movie, especially as the the first in this now 21 movie long series uh in a while and it was a really interesting experience looking at a movie that came out in 2008 again and from the, from that lens you know did it hold up
0: 10 years later right
1: yeah such a long time but but I really enjoyed it I did and you know it's not perfect movie but it is pretty good and obviously it did enough to to get us where we are today
0: Definitely not a perfect movie. I'll <laughs> say that. Um, yeah, it's it is a good movie. And I I'm probably gonna say this again, but I'm not a fan of origin stories. I usually don't like origin story movies, and this is a pretty good one. This is a nice one because throughout the whole movie, like, it doesn't feel like they're jumping around from origin story to this to this to this. Like the entire movie is him building up the suit, building up Iron Man, becoming this person, um, kind of dealing with the repercussions of this suit and this mm-hmm. like almost like a it's a weapon, right? Like he builds weapons his whole career. Yeah. And then he comes up with a suit to take care of the weapons and the you know the destruction that caused his weapons have caused from his weapons. But um but yeah, it's it's interesting because like I said I don't like origin stories, but I really did like Tony in this movie. However, saying that, <laughs> I like I like Tony a lot better in other movies than I do the first two because I I don't like Tony's personality as much in the first two movies I feel like yeah he's kind of a piece of shit yeah <laughs> he's he's pretty
1: unlikable just as a character right I mean you take somebody who is lucky enough to be born into a very wealthy family uh, he has all of the opportunities in the world and you know grows up very rich very young he. He, of course, has some pretty serious character flaws and, you know, diverting a little bit from the comics, he is not inherently abusive that we see in the MCU. Um, But he is set up, especially in the beginning of this movie, as, you know, the guy who's drinking and, you know, out gambling instead of accepting his award from his friend and, you know, has the flight attendants tying their shirts up to crop tops and dancing while he's on the plane. He does grow, However, which is nice, but he doesn't start off with uh, the most likable personality. No. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he he definitely does grow. Not as fast as I want him to grow. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, yeah, especially since we know where he ends up. It's really hard looking at this version of Tony.
0: Yeah. Because you see him in like Civil War, Infinity War and those movies. And you're just like, I love this Tony. I'm rooting for this Tony. He's great. He's he's grounded he's the character that i wanted him to be but then these first movies he's just exactly what i what i don't like from a character right like i don't like the playboy you know like the one who is i have all this money and i know what i'm doing and now i'm a superhero and i'm gonna tell everybody about it like (laughs) it just doesn't make me feel even better about him like even though he's doing good he's doing he's doing good with what he's got yeah. Um, in the future, obviously he does more than what we see in this movie, but it isn't it is an origin story, so
1: Yeah, and the, some of those tendencies do stay with him um throughout the films. Like he's a very cocky person, very confident, um, a little selfish. Um, one of the scenes that I thought was really, really funny looking back at it with this intent to discuss it later, I noticed more. Uh Definitely than any other time I've watched the film. But I noticed when he was returning back after being held captive and tortured, um, Obadiah greets him, you know, very phonally, you know, in front of all of the cameras. And it's like, oh, hey, Tony, great to see you. You know, didn't greet him when he landed back at the airport, like his actual friends. But, you know, that's another part of the conversation. <laughs> but uh, Tony, you know, has his cheeseburger because, you know, I need two things when I get back into cheeseburger. In a press conference, cheeseburger first, and so uh, Happy is holding this bag full of cheeseburgers from Burger King, and Tony pulls one out, and Obadiah's like, "Oh, ha, ha, ha! You have a cheeseburger. Can I have one?" And Tony says, "No. Um, uh, this is the last one, and I need it." <laughs> and I, I chuckled at that. I had never caught that line before. Uh, and as they're walking into the press conference room, Tony's finishing that burger, then sits down and pulls out another one. So that, <laughs> there's a couple of times when, um, very, very. Uh Artfully, the movie does demonstrate he has some selfish tendencies, and that was a nice little subtle one that I didn't catch until rewatching it this time around mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I know it's it's very interesting because I miss a lot of stuff, like this process of me rewatching the movies and taking notes as i'm as I'm watching mm-hmm. has like brought a whole new light to the films for me because I don't realize how much little things that I miss and It sucks because a lot of these things are really cool and intentional. Yeah. So it's, it's been nice having this rewatching and writing down everything because then I'm like, oh, this happened. I don't remember this. This is cool. And it makes me kind of appreciate the films a little bit more too. Oh,
1: definitely. And especially thinking about the fact that this was the first one, maybe not the first one to be written, but the first one we saw, you know, chronologically as the MCU audience, it, it did a lot of really great things. And it stands on its own still, which is interesting, like uh like you were saying before, nobody really knew if this movie would spark a whole twenty one plus long endeavor and journey for all of us, but whatever it did, it did it that well, and it's interesting seeing all of the little seeds that were even all the way back in Iron Man One that later mm-hmm. bloom and and become whole pieces of lore uh in the uh subsequent films, especially subsequent Iron Man films. So I think they did a lot of really good stuff and um it, it's cool to pick it apart and look at it that way.
0: For sure. Things that like I didn't even think about like you were telling me um earlier before the podcast that you noticed something about the Ten Rings. Yeah. I knew nothing about that and I was like I was like, wait, I'm gonna have to look this up. So do you wanna talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So there was a bit of a villain swap and you know kind of a twist in this movie, you know. A lot of movies have twists, and the (laughs) villain becoming, you know, less scary in the face of another villain, and the villains turn on each other was very cute. (laughs) But um, uh, I don't know his name, so I'll just call him Burn Guy because you know, as Tony Stark was escaping uh, the cave, he was held captive, and he shot a rocket off, and it crashed down on this man's face, and he was burned. Right. Uh, That guy is seen um, twisting a ring on his finger, and it didn't really phase me before i just figured oh you know maybe it's his family heirloom it, it or something didn't phase me
0: at all until you said something and i looked it up and i was like that is how deep they've made these movies yeah but yeah continue i didn't notice this so cool
1: right so uh that ring apparently is one of the 10 rings which is what this organization gets its name from and it goes all the way down the line to the mandarin who is uh a villain in a later iron man movie And the Ten Rings organization is named so because the Mandarin is in possession of these ten alien rings that grant them superpowers. At least that's in the comics. It may or may may not be touched on in Iron Man 3. I don't want (laughs) to give heavy Iron Man 3 spoilers, but um, the Mandarin is known for giving out one or two of these rings to different subordinates. And it's really clear now why the burn guy was holding this ring and touching this ring he's part of this ten rings organization he has one of those alien rings and the fact that feige or whoever was behind this concept of a villain the ten rings and the organization of the mandarin we're thinking about that all the way back at iron man one is just really really cool
0: little things like that that you rewatch and you're like wait a second this is what like six movies from now yeah it gets brought up again and it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like,
1: it might have just been like a little doodle in the corner of someone's notepad, like, ten rings, oh, give him a ring, and then maybe they'll come <laughs> back to it later. And it's just cool to think that people are nerdy about this, even as they're creating these films, and, and we get to be nerdy with them when we watch them.
0: I wonder how many little Easter eggs that they had put in all the movies, like the early ones, mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't get added, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that like it never paid kind off. Kind of got erased because they couldn't fit it into a film or something, you know what I mean? Like... Like, the Ten Rings thing was really cool, but, like, I wonder what other things that, like, we might not have caught, because, like, for me, I don't read the comics, but, like, little things that they didn't go further on in the movies. Yeah, there's probably a ton. Like, how much they had planned.
1: And there's just so much lore and so much source material, as people say, in the Marvel comics that I I can't even imagine, like, what is left on the cutting room floor, let alone what we we didn't catch that actually made it into the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Very rich history.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, What did you think about the end credit scene with Tony meeting Nick Fury? We are meeting Nick Fury for the first time, right? Yes!
1: Nick Fury! No, it's (laughs) really, really cool, and there's a lot of really awesome stuff happening tying in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, you know, obviously with Nick Fury and the Avengers Initiative, which we all know is coming. But um, something that I found really, really cool about Nick Fury's uh, end credit scene, when you see Captain Marvel, and I won't go into any more detail than that, um, is the fact that Nick Fury said to Tony, you know, as he was coming back home, he's standing in his his beautiful home and Jarvis is malfunctioning. He didn't actually keep Fury out, which tells you a lot about Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but he says, uh, you're, you think you're the only person in the world with superpowers. And he's like, you become a part of a bigger universe, I think, is how he says it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he keeps using the word universe and thinking about the fact that Marvel is not just on Earth and we have, you know, Guardians and Doctor Strange and all of these movies coming down the line that really expand this whole world into a universe. And they were thinking about it all the way back at Iron Man 1. It's just so cool watching it with Mm -hmm. that knowledge.
0: Yeah, and the fact that when he says you know you're now part of a bigger universe and again we're not going to spoil like any Captain Marvel things but if you've if you've kept up with any trailers you know that this movie it's taken place in the 90s and this is an early Nick Fury in those movies so in that movie so in this one it's like did they know they were going to make a 90s movie with Captain Marvel that was way (laughs) before he walked into Tony's apartment that he's talking about or was that just kind of like they're just saying, I don't know. It's it's cool to think about though. Yeah.
1: I mean Fury obviously knows quite a bit by the time he gets to Iron Man's uh Malibu home. So it's really cool yeah. to think about like just how many other people with superpowers had he met at that point, you know, try to connect the dots.
0: Let's see what I got here. First Stan Lee Cameo, super awesome, Hugh Hefner. That was funny. That was really cute. Oh. That was really great. I think I'm I'm not prepared. For, like, when they stop doing those.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's bittersweet seeing them. And I know he did shoot cameos for the next several films, you know, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Because he knew he was ending, uh not ending his life, sorry. Yeah. It, nearing the end of his life. And mm-hmm. we, we all miss, we're all going to miss Stan. He,
0: he yeah. and Jack Kirby
1: and, and everybody at Marvel are... are
0: amazing if um you are listening you haven't seen captain marvel yet i definitely think you should go check it out if um if you like stan lee and the things that he's done there is a really really awesome tribute and um cameo in there it made me tear up a little bit so definitely go see captain marvel if you haven't yet if you want to check that out yes Um, something really good to look forward to besides the fact that the movie is amazing great movie um and very very touchy tasteful Tribute. So good, yes, um, but yeah, so back to Iron Man. um mm-hmm. is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about Iron Man One a couple of things
1: um and and this is not me picking on the movie, I think I thought it was a fun time. I really did enjoy watching it again, but there are some things about Tony's character that I didn't love, um looking okay. back on the movie and thinking about things that happen and don't happen later. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me on Rewatch was his relationship with Jensen. And this is the the doctor who is in the cave with Tony. And the first time you see him, it's while Tony is in and out of consciousness. You know, they're working on his, his wounds and his injuries. And then when Tony finally comes to, we see him, uh, Jensen, in the mirror shaving. He's putting on his suit, which, I mean... Really interesting detail that they kept his suit fresh um, while he was in captivity. And um, he seems to really dress for the occasion of meeting Tony Stark. And he does mention, you know, I've met you before. I think he said something like a conference in Berna. And you you can tell that Jensen has a lot of respect for Tony. Maybe not the man, but definitely the mind. And Tony doesn't even ask this man's name until like a few days after they've been there. And there is a moment where Jensen, you know, a doctor, a pacifist, one would assume, as he's grabbing a gun, saying, you need more time to boot up the suit, and tries to create a diversion with the other guards in the cave to plan their escape. He's shooting at the wall, screaming, you know, trying to get everybody's attention on him. They eventually catch up with him, and, you know, we assume that he's, you know, shot to death. And then later we see Tony Tony finally uh, find him as he's taking his last breaths. And then Tony thanks him, you know, thank you for saving my life. And one could assume he means both times. And Jensen says, don't waste it. And we get this really touching moment where Tony's staring at him and he nods. And, you know, like we get the tearful Robert Downey Jr. face. And then he goes and kicks everybody's ass and escapes.
0: But... There's
1: never any callback to that, and it's hard to believe that that is an intentional choice because they've called back to so many other things that we just talked about that happened in this movie, even three, four movies down the line. And the fact that we never see a scholarship or hear mention of, you know, a memorial or a fund in, you know, Dr. Jensen's name, like, he could look the guy up, he knows how to build an arc reactor in a cave with a box of scraps, like, he can clearly figure out who this man was. In, in honor his memory, um, he does go to Golmira after Christine Everhart, you know, affronts him with this picture and says this is happening. And his picture was taken yesterday. He is called to action there, and he does save some people in this town. But he never really honors Jensen, and I think that's a strange move for the Tony we know now. But I guess it makes sense for the Tony back then. You know, he was just figuring out his purpose in life, like he finally understood you know he says the line to pepper like i know in my heart that this is what's right and the first time he admits that he has a heart you know that whole running joke but he doesn't really have a heart for yanson and that poor guy he did so much you know he lost his family one assumes before he even got captured because he does say he knows that they are deceased and he spends his last Moments on Earth protecting and saving Tony so he can go out and do great things and then get squat for it. Like, come on.
0: Yeah, that I I agree. And that sucks because like when I'm doing like when I did my reading, right, I, I didn't even mention his name. I said that there's a guy there helping him because he doesn't get brought up again. He doesn't. Right. Although he is this super relevant character and he does so much like they almost made him seem irrelevant. Yeah. He's not brought up again in the entire movie and that. That really does suck because that's such a sentimental like part. And that yeah. kind of shows how selfish Tony still kind of is at that point.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's realistic. and everybody grows in, you know, spurts and it takes time to gain humanity, I guess. But uh mm-hmm. it would have been nice if somewhere down the line we would have gotten even, you know, in Civil War time frame, just like a mention Some kind of something. Yeah,
0: I agree. I definitely agree.
1: Yeah, but uh, that's, that's one little character moment slash issue I had with the movie is, you know, th- we spend a good amount of time in those caves with Jensen yeah. and Tony, and, you know, Jensen, one could argue, is the one who first tells Tony about this new possible life and purpose that he could live with, and, yeah, we
0: don't really see that payoff
1: for the poor guy's memory.
0: Maybe, just maybe, we will get a payoff in Endgame. <laughs> that would, would be Would that something. make you really happy?
1: <laughs> I would probably cry, honestly, because I am super invested in Jensen now. <laughs> like, I know, right? I feel like I, I am, am going to look for this. I am the, the, I'm caping for him now. I am his number one fan.
0: Jensen's super fan right here. We should message the Russo brothers and be like, <laughs> what is up? What happened here? We need to know. Yeah. Like justice for Jensen. Hashtag. So, tech, you know, we're not at the end game theories yet. Um, part of this podcast. We do a recap, we're gonna review, that's what we're doing now. Uh we're gonna rate the films and then we're gonna actually get to some endgame theories at the end. So we won't we won't get to that yet, although we would like to see Jensen in it. it. Would be great. <laughs> so overall, we like the film, right? It's a good film, it's a good origin story. There's things that I mean, I'm personally like I thought that the villain was a little meh, right? Yeah. Like Tony's friend, not really his friend, kind of saw it coming. Just gets in a bigger suit than him.
1: This extra Jeff Bridges,
0: yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just Jeff Bridges, right? <laughs> Tony, <laughs> it's very, it's very well played, but not very well written. No, no, but I mean, it's it's funny that we keep bringing this up, but he's literally Jeff Bridges. Like when I watch this film, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what was his name? It's just Jeff. It's fine. But yeah, let's talk about the rating system. So, mm-hmm. as I go through all the films in each episode, I'm going to rate them. Um, so I'm not going to This is a really easy episode for me, right? Iron Man is number 1 because Iron Man is the only film we've talked about. And as we go through, I will put them um in the order that I personally think they deserve because it's going to be on a personal level. But for my guests, for Rihanna today, I would like to know, what are your top 3 Marvel movies? in the MCU and then also where you think you would put Iron Man in your top in like your whole 21 list.
1: Yeah, this was really hard. Um <laughs> we were discussing before we started recording. I, I never wrote down my top 21 or my 21 list and I kind of had each movie sort of in a category like top tier, middle tier, lower tier, but it was kind of hard to, to put a number to each one and, you know, stack rank. You can't have ties. So my top three, and this is me personally being who I am, having experiences I've had and taking into context the cultural significance of each of these movies and where they were. Mm-hmm. My number three is Civil War. Such that a That was such a great movie. And the nerdgasms i had watching all of them fight together like watching this the airport scene hearing their conversations (laughs) um and like the ideology that cap has versus what tony has and i won't get into it here it's not a review for that movie it's really really well done because it's not a clear right and wrong there's no clear winner there's no clear side to be on and it's a really great discussion about what we can do versus what we should do and Thoroughly enjoyed that movie, it was fantastic. Uh, obviously, it's a great movie. Yeah, one of, one and of the and it's best. our first
0: introduction of Spider Man, like <sighs> Tom Holland, Spider Man, which was so well done, so fun. The airport scene with Spider Man and Captain America, and he's like, Where are you from? and he's like, Queens, and he's like, Oh, I'm from Brooklyn, let me kick your ass really quick. so it's, sweet, it's so fun. Oh, so many great <laughs>
1: moments! <laughs> oh, so good and perfect segue. My number two is Homecoming. I okay, perfect. <laughs> adore Tom Holland's Spider Man. I adore his Peter Parker. I love Aunt May, Marissa May. She's the hottie. Like, <laughs> it, 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 I love all of the things that they did with that movie that are different from every other Spider Man we've already seen. And, I mean, we were talking about Iron Man today. Like, this was. But the number, whatever umpteenth superhero movie, but it still mm-hmm. felt fresh, still felt new, felt very now, and that villain, whole oh
0: boy, so good.
1: So good. so we want to talk about how bad
0: Iron Man's villain was. Let's talk about <laughs> how good spider-Man's villain was.:
1: <laughs> So good, motivations, clear as day, the choices they made, totally rational, like such a great villain, such All a right. believable villain that you really could. You know, identify with and see where they're coming from. Yeah, every villain takes a weird turn at some point in the third act, but even
0: then, it was kind of like, yeah, I get it. This dude's doing what he's got to do. And that scene. I mean, we're gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it, but there <laughs> is a scene towards the end when in the third act, like right before. You know. I know what Sean, you're talking about. You know, talk about in the car. <laughs> in, in the car, car.
1: In the lights. On in the face. car. It's oh. there's
0: so much tension. Oh, so it's good. great. We're it's gonna talk so about it later. Yeah, that's like, going to be damn a great lies. episode. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that one.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Homecoming, number two, for sure. And for me personally, I'm a Black woman. I live in America. Black Panther changed things. It really did. It had such an impact on oh, my yeah. culture, on mass culture, on pop culture, on everything. Like Afrofuturism becoming popular. Ugh, it. It was so inspiring, and I have saw it five times in the theater,
0: wow. cried several
1: of those times. There's things about the actual movie itself that aren't the best. It's been done better in other places, you know, the villain being a carbon copy of the hero, but a little different. Yeah, we've seen mm-hmm. it. We just saw it in Iron Man. But I, I cannot, es- it, it cannot be understated how much that movie meant, and it is for oh, yeah. sure my number the one. The
0: impact, right? It's like. I think we talked about this earlier too, but um, it's just certain Marvel movies. they are They're superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a superhero. You know, it's going to be fun. It's action packed. But I feel like I personally feel like this was the first Marvel movie to have everything it needed to be, to be a fun and good superhero movie, but also have such an impact, right? Like it felt moving in a cultural sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was the first Marvel movie that I felt actually mattered in a Not that they don't matter, but it it did matter. It did things for the real world, you know?
1: Absolutely. What a great way to say it. It did things for the real world. And when a superhero, oh, I just got chipped (laughs) up. When a superhero (laughs) movie can do something to make the world a better place, like that's the whole idea of these comics in the first place, right? And what a beautiful message. What a beautiful, beautiful movie. So, so excited. That Black Panther exists and that it was done so successfully. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. But yeah, that is my number one. And Iron Man. Uh, dropping all those fuzzies. <laughs> it's hard watching Iron Man One. Uh, and thinking about it in terms of rating with all of these other twenty films. Because them coming later means they have to in some way be informed by Iron Man One. And yeah. You know, they take into account all the successes and build upon them and then all of the shortcomings and improving on them. And yeah, there are movies in the series that I think are less enjoyable personally to watch. But Iron Man 1 feels like a solid 12 to me, like right right. in the middle of the pack.
0: That's very fair.
1: Yeah, like, it's still enjoyable. Like, I still get all of the little nuggets that I'm excited to see come come out later. I still get a pretty solid origin story. I still love Pepper Potts, who has my favorite mm-hmm. line in the whole movie, <laughs> where Christine Everhart is waking up the morning after in the very beginning. <sighs> yes, And yes. she makes a snide comment to Pepper and says, oh, you're the famous Pepper Potts, so you do everything for Tony, including... His dry cleaning, and she says to Christine, "I do any and everything that Mrs. Stark needs, including occasionally taking out the trash." <laughs> That's so spice. good!
0: Such a good line! Such a good line! So fun! <laughs> the and, shade of it all.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Pepper did a lot with that role. Sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow did a lot with that role, and and really made me love her. And I had never even right. really thought about that character before, even. Um, tangentially in the comics, so bravo, kudos to Gwyneth, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that's uh that's where I stand. It's in the middle, fair spot. It's the first time we see Coulson ever in the world, and Clark Gregg. Oh man, what a guy! <laughs> like what a treasure! like what he does with Agents of He's Shield so great. is amazing, and he was clearly a favorite and a standout because he kept coming back in all of these movies, and just like Nick Fury becomes sort of. <laughs> A uh, through line for us, the audience, but oh, what a great guy, you know, like you just smile when you see him and the way he's pestering right. Pepper and I mean Tony. we do.
0: Oh we yeah. smile when we see him, but it's funny because the other characters, whenever they see him, they're just like, uh pulls <laughs> in. <Holson>, what <laughs> do you like, want?
1: <laughs> sure. I guess we'll give you a meeting. And then the fact that, you know, he jumps to it like, Oh, this this is our meeting. Are you are you finally ready to do it? She's like, Yeah, let's go trying to hasten away from Obadiah who just figured everything <laughs> out and He's like, all right. And assuming he grabs a phone, he calls We're five with agents. It, right? They're in the cars. <laughs> they're gonna go arrest him. Like they're ready to go. I, I like the way Clark Gregg runs his ship <laughs> with agents right. of Shield, and and um, it, it's really fun to see these actors the first time out with these roles that we now love. And uh, yeah, that I feel all of that when I see Yarn Man one. So it, it puts it above some others that came after.
0: It's a little early to tell. I'm gonna have to watch them all and talk about them all but normally iron man comes pretty low on my list just because again i'm not a huge fan of tony in the first couple of movies and the way that he is yeah. but also there's just been so many good ones like i'm not saying it's a bad movie because it's not but there's been so many good movies to come out in the mcu that just like knocks it down oh yeah um but yeah it that's a i would say that's a fair like middle ground that's a fair fair <laughs> <reading>. <laughs>
1: tough um, but fair
0: yes so as i said before we are gonna um get into some end game theories but before mm-hmm. we do that i want to thank you rihanna for coming on for talking to me about iron man and your favorite marvel movies and everything so thank you so much for being here today you're welcome thanks for asking me it was really really fun so, yes, if you enjoy um, if you enjoyed this, if you loved listen to me and Rihanna talk, um, you can follow her on Twitter. It's at Rihanna tweets now. It's R-I-A-N-A tweets now. And you can also follow her on Instagram uh, for some like beauty and hair content at Rihanna grams now. Pretty cool social media playback for both of those. <laughs> um, but yeah. So before we talk end game theories, this is going to be major spoiler territory, y'all. So. We might talk about some Captain Marvel stuff or Infinity War or Ant Man and the Wasp. If you are trying to go in blind to the movies, you don't even want a theory in your head, right? Stop listening. (laughs) I love y'all. I love y'all for listening. This is not where you want to be if you don't want to even think about anything, right? The next episode is going to be episode two, and we're going to be talking about the Incredible Hulk. Um, So stay tuned for that. Um, But yes, again, if you don't want to know, stop listening. Please, I'm <laughs> warning you. Um, so, yeah. What what do you want to see from Endgame, Rihanna?
1: There's a lot that I would like to see from Endgame. But the thing that I want absolute most from that experience is to know that Shuri is still alive. And right. doing high-level maths and being adorable and fantastic.
0: So We need Shuri to have, like had made jarvis or not jarvis um what's his name uh fuck vision? <laughs> yes vision i'm like jarvis right because <laughs> that's who spoiler right jarvis turns into vision yes um so yeah i'm like Shuri. she mapped it out she's got vision i just know it and then she's gonna recreate vision like that that's what i want that'd be such a cool scene right that would be awesome
1: like she had the foresight and the ability to like download this thing's brain and like recreate it. And, oh, man. she's awesome. And <laughs> such a fan. But um such a fan. <laughs> went to the rest of watch. the team though. Like
0: I I, know. I don't know. Do it, you it, want it's hard. to see Shuri take on the Black Panther mantle while T'Challa is gone?
1: It'd be nice if if that was a little moment. Um I know in the comics she does. And It would be great to see a nod to that, even if it was just for like a couple of years while they're figuring all this stuff out. And we assume that this movie does take place over some time based on Scarlett Johansson's hair in the previews. Yes. The trailer, it goes from the silver that we saw in Infinity War Part One, and then it's growing out with the blonde tips and the red roots, and then we see a full red braid. So hopefully Shuri is... Is taking care of business with those suits during that time. Hanging out in Wakanda, popping around London, New York, wherever she wants to go. She's a boss right. a boss babe. She can do whatever she wants. But uh, I it'd would be nice love to, to, see, to see
0: Shuri in the Black Panther, like in her own suit. Oh. That would look amazing. Absolutely. And she doesn't have to be hanging out with the rest of these kids.
1: Like she can do her own thing. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That's one thing I would that like would to That would be see.
0: awesome. Anything else that you were like, I got to see, I got to, I'm looking forward to this.
1: I don't know. I'm trying to stay surprised. You know, something that Marvel is been, has been phenomenally great at is keeping us guessing and to the point where they will Photoshop out different scenes and backgrounds and even characters in these trailers that we get ahead of time and change them completely. So that we really don't know what's gonna happen when we finally get into that theater. And I love that. I love that they keep some surprise and some delight in their movies in this day and age where trailers are basically movies now and they For give sure. away absolutely they everything. Kept
0: so many secrets from us and they've been so good at it. Like I feel like the fact that they barely released any trailers until like two weeks after Captain Marvel came out, because yeah. they were like, we want y'all to see this film, give you the time to see it, then we're gonna give you this trailer. So respectful. I think how, you know, they like to show us things in the trailers that aren't going to happen. They did that a couple times before Infinity War. What if we see all these suits and we're like, all right, they're going into the quantum realm. They're all wearing these suits. It's going to be crazy. What if, plot twist, they're throwing us off. That never happens. (laughs) Would you be mad?
1: Mad? Mm, Maybe a little. I'd be disappointed. I really love all of the setup they did in Ant-Man and Wasp. It would be a bit of a drag if Quantum Realm just isn't even brought up at all. Like if it's I agree. really just- I definitely
0: agree. Like yeah. I wanna see it, but like they would do that. Like they would. they would do that to us where they were like, just kidding.
1: They would uh-huh. definitely. I mean, they've done it before. <laughs> We've seen that. But uh <laughs> the one thing that makes me a little bit hopeful that they won't do it this time is that they've already started making some toys of the characters in those suits. And that feels like <sighs> maybe it, I don't know. Maybe it's a dream sequence or something, and they're like, "Ah, fuck you, you guys, we tricked you." But it, it, I think it will come up at least a little, and maybe a MacGuffin mm. or something where they go into the quantum realm to grab this thing, this particle that will blow him up. But yeah. I, I would like to think that the quantum realm has some, if not a lot, of relevance in the movie. But for sure. Carol is gonna come and Absolutely. punch him in the face, so I'm excited for that.
0: When oh, it happens, that's gonna be so awesome. The the last. Well it's like one of the last scenes in Captain Marvel. She and I'm not going to spoil too much, but she is kicking some ass. Oh, like yeah. there's a like a solid 3 minutes that so much happens and you're just like, "Holy shit, she's strong." Oh, such like, a, she's doing a lot. and I'm just like <laughs> that entire scene, even though I was blown away, I was like, "She's going to fucking kick Thanos's ass." Oh yeah, like, he, has, he has no idea what's coming for him. So that's what I'm excited for because we know that they meet up because in the trailer we see Thor in front of her like getting his um his axe hammer the storm the storm yeah yeah and he grabs that and she doesn't flinch right and it's just it looks so cool and like i don't know there are some theories on the internet that and i don't know if you noticed this but in the trailer the only two characters that we didn't see in the quantum realm suits were thor and captain marvel yeah who can both travel th- kind of in the universe right
1: yeah i mean um, so they're so strong that they probably don't don't really make sense to go into the quantum realm. Like they would be outside kicking ass while everybody else dives down or something.
0: Yeah. So what does it mean? I don't know. I don't
1: know. Oh, it's so exciting. And Marvel likes to have these amazing scenes where there are so many different fights all happening at the same time. I'm sure it's going to be some combination of, of all of the theories we've seen out there on Reddit. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a whole nerdgasm.
0: Can't wait. So excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think. I know a lot of theories just because, like, I'm constantly on Reddit and YouTube. I'm excited mm-hmm. for all the theories and I want them to come true. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, surprise me. I want to be surprised. I was completely surprised by Infinity War. Yeah. Um, Like, most of that movie I did not see coming. Besides the things we knew he was going to get all the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. There was no way that the movie was going to end without him being successful. But besides that, just so so many things that I was just like, what is happening? What is oh, going on? So
1: good. So what a twist ending. Oh like oh, yeah. I honestly didn't expect that. Uh one thing that um I'm a little worried about is I know that not all of our mightiest heroes will survive this movie. There's no way they can. Yeah. And I'm gonna be so fucking sad <laughs> if we lose someone. And I don't know. Should we talk about who we think it is?
0: yeah actually
1: I mean you can save it for for later I'm not
0: gonna say who I think it is because I have I have some theories but Mm -hmm. I I want to hear what you think it is I'm gonna save mine for a later episode but who do you think is gonna go
1: I would like to think it would only be one
0: person that's
1: just my, my my hopeful heart and if
0: it's the one person you think it's gonna be like either Tony or Cap it has to right I mean they're the flagship they're
1: the captains they're well captain they're the people who are steering the series and mm-hmm. i feel like there's something's gonna go down where it's obviously cap is gonna be the one to step up and say hey tony you gotta lead these people now like you know like you uh-huh. carry on the name and then tony will say no cap steve the world needs you and he's gonna like push him out of the way of the nether portal and jump in himself and then everybody pops back or something like that and then. Pepper is over here, already popped out the Tony Stark Jr. That kid's hella smart, is already doing crazy level math, and is going to save the world by building things, too. Like, I feel like they're going to do something similar to us, and I'm not ready, honestly. Whoever it is, I'm not ready. I'm going to be so devastated, and ugh,
0: (laughs) man. Yeah, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry a lot. I know I am. I know this movie is going to be rough. Yeah, sure. it's
1: going to be pretty rough. But no matter what. We've
0: got to do it So for you're ourselves. jumping on the, the the train of thinking that Pepper, Pepper had a baby? Oh yeah, Pepper's packing, for sure. Yeah, I am if you don't 100%. know what we're talking about, in Infinity War, there is this really small scene in the beginning where Tony's talking to Pepper, and he's like, yeah, I had a dream that we had a baby. And they talk about it for like two seconds before mm-hmm. all this shit goes down. And people are rolling with that. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, he he that was a very psychic dream and they had me <laughs> i believe right. it yeah
1: you know he's been to space you know his head, his mind mess with like maybe he's seeing stuff that we can't see
0: you know like pepper's Ooh, That's one of my theories <laughs> not gonna talk about it now we'll talk about it in another episode uh but i have some theories about some shit that tony has seen that Ooh. might come true
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. can't wait to listen <laughs> but yeah that that That's the long and short of my theory. Someone's going to die. It's probably going to be Cap and Tony and they're going to fight over who it'll be. And I'm going to be sad either way because I love both of these characters so much. I love all of them.
0: I know. I love all of them, too. And I think... No matter what happens, I'm gonna cry. Let's say nobody dies. Surprise! They're like, we signed five <laughs> extra contracts. Right? Surprise! Nobody dies, and everybody comes back. I'm probably still gonna cry. Like right? it's gonna be emotional.
1: Like Marvel's like, hey, we kept one more secret from you, and they're
0: just like, goes, oh, we don't care. I'm still in tears. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. So again, Rihanna. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking Iron Man with me and Endgame theories, talking about your favorite movies. It has been a blast. It's been a really good, fun um, first episode for this podcast. So excited. So excited to hear the rest. I know it's gonna be fun. You know, I'm going to post out those updates uh, for the next few episodes. Like I said, though, episode two is next and it's going to be on The Incredible Hulk, which surprisingly... I don't. Rem- I didn't remember how fun it was until I rewatched it recently. And mm. I like Ed Norton. I mean, I love Mark Ruffalo as well, but Ed Norton does a really good Hulk. Personally, I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh Again, if you liked what you heard today, uh go ahead and follow Rihanna on our Twitter. It's at Rihanna tweets now. R I A N A tweets now. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you all for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode. On the Hawk. See you. Bye.